Welcome, I'm Rogers Anderson, and today we have one of our special shows as we travel around throughout Williamson County and our cities. There are oftentimes silent people here in Williamson County that have such a direct <laughs> impact, and one of those is Rick Warwick. Uh, most of you will know Rick. Uh, I've lived in this town since the 1980s, and uh, I think you were one of the first people uh, that uh, people said, we want to know the history. Uh, Rick Warwick's one that would have an influence. So welcome. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you here. You've got such a decorated uh, history of being involved with so many different groups and organizations and uh, the preservation of history, historical side, but also digging up a lot of information for so many different groups. But before we actually look at Rick Warwick through your eyes for our county, I need to know a little bit about Rick Warwick. Where did you start life from and how did you get involved in this? What did you do for a living? And uh, all of that's so interesting. Well, you know, we're, uh, our paths uh, almost crossed, I guess. I was born in Knox County in 1947, St. Mary's Hospital. and uh, But I grew up in Anderson County. That's where the Warwicks hail from and uh, went to school little country school called Fairview and then went to Norris High School and then 1965 went came west to Middle Tennessee Murfreesboro and really never moved back married a uh, met a local girl from Williamson County uh, Elaine Ladd and we married in 69 then we taught uh, a year in Sumner County and realized it was best to come back on the south side of Nashville. So 1970, we moved back August of 70 and been here ever since. Now, was she one of the lad that that we hear the name of? Well, the old noble lad was an early settler here and she's one of the descendants. Her her granddaddy was Mr. Will Ladd, lived out on, well, on at Millview, Arnold Road. And there are, there's a whole group of the lads, and we'll get off from your wife. He wasn't to interview yeah. her. I guess I should interview her for this, well, shouldn't I? She's put in a lot of time in this county. <laughs> well, and she's just about as well known as you are in the things that she does. But, but I knew she was a lad, and I was wondering if in Albert, some of those probably were some of her You kids. mean Al? Yeah. yeah, Al was her uncle. Ed was her father. He died last year. So, yeah, Bobby T's the only one, and, and Maddie Cova's the only one left. Let's talk a little bit about you and how you got involved in this community and why such the historical side being from Knox County myself mm -hmm. I was actually born in Anderson County were you and my mother and daddy met uh, during World War II mm -hmm. and uh, we lived a little while in in Oak Ridge Anderson mm -hmm. County and then we moved to a little um, at that time it's just an old country place called Farragut I know um, exactly where it is and we would go down um, the North City was Concord, yeah. Lenore City was closer than it was going back up into Bearden and Knoxville. Mm -hmm. So my whole life grew up at Dixie Lee Junction That's and right. places like that. But um, I mean, to, 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 to leave Anderson County, Norse, beautiful area, lakes, yeah. mountains, uh, you and I have some uh, common grounds. But there's one thing in Middle Tennessee we don't have is mountains. That's right. As a, as a general rule. And our lake system consists mostly of the Harpeth. Yeah. Uh, periodically. Periodically. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But how did you get involved in so much of the history and become such well, an authority? Well, um, I started out at Hillsboro when it was a 
high school in 71, and I taught the history. It was a small school, of course. And, um, and that was interesting, if I can interrupt you. Hillsborough back in those days was a high school. It was. It was. They were, uh, in 1971, there was College Grove, Bethesda, Hillsborough, Fairview, and Franklin. And uh, the <coughs> College Grove, Bethesda, and Hillsborough were w w 1 through 12. Then in 72, we got a kindergarten, so that added a grade. But then by 76, uh, it became pretty evident that, that uh, the school was was too small for the size, and and the high school really needed to be, those kids need to be exposed to a wider range, and so they moved uh, the 12th and 10th grade to, to uh, Franklin. So you kind of have migrated to the point you're no longer teaching. Yeah. Haven't taught for several years. Became involved in the history of this county and and certainly one of the leading authorities. Uh, well, I don't know about authority, but I do. I I have spent uh, the last you know thirty some years really digging, full almost full time. While I wasn't in the classroom, I was out in the afternoons riding the country roads, going to cemeteries, and talking to all the old people. Which that was really a, a an important thing because uh, I I probably talked to some people and got information that nobody else had ever thought to ask. And I, I feel fortunate about it because I met some wonderful people. I, and I really went all over the county. I've probably been on every country road and been to every old house uh, in the county and made some great friends. And it, it was a good network because uh, I kept revisiting them every time I had another project. Uh, and being a teacher and knowing teachers in the little, you know, you can go to Bethesda and, you know, you want to talk to the Bond girls and because they knew everybody in town, or you, you know, you go to College Grove and you, you have to talk to uh, the old teachers there, and they would send you out to everyone in the neighborhood. And Nolan's was the same way, so it was it was a good network. And uh, and I, I I joined the Historical Society, the Williams County Historical Society, uh, in 1974. Miss Mary Trim Anderson was. Uh, uh, head of the Title I in the county at the time, and she was a great influence on me uh, in the Right to Read program uh, because I was librarian <clears throat> at Hillsborough. She asked me to help her, and she helped me more than I helped her. But uh, that uh, she was uh, had been president of the Historic Society and invited me to join, and it was one of the best things I've, I've ever done. Rick, and, and I guess this is a tough question for you to try to put your arms around and answer. But in your 35, 40 years of uh, kicking over rocks and uncovering things, and I don't know any other way to describe it other than that. Well, that's about what it is. Um, is there just one particular, not person, but a, this just event, maybe that's the word I'm looking at, that just captured you and it almost consumes you um, mm. that, it, you know, we never need to forget our history. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we hear that mm -hmm. as boys growing up. You and I are about the same age. You know, it was taught to us that to uh, to remember your history because it will repeat itself. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, that's one of the things um, in teaching. Uh, and I I taught the high school. And then when the high, uh, the next year I became librarian, and so I had to give up the the, the high school history and and taught seventh and eighth grade. And in 
the seventh grade particularly, it was uh, Tennessee history at the time, and of course the textbook was horrible. And uh, I really made a great effort to try to teach or in involve the kids in their local history uh, because there was really nothing written about that. Miss Bowman came out with her book in 71, but it was mainly, you know, the, the early families and the home sites that that were there, and so the, the the children out at Hillsboro were mainly Ridge Runners. They, they you know, Bending Chesney, Kingfield, uh, that area, Boston, and so I made a great effort is to uh, have them write or research their their family and their community, and then we kind of pulled together, uh, in kind of writing our own little history, and so that kind of led to me getting out and branching out into the neighborhoods because I couldn't, sometimes some information I couldn't get, or they, the children couldn't get, so I went out and kind of gleaned the neighborhood for that information and then brought it back. But uh, I think probably the greatest influence, I'll never forget, it was uh, probably in 72, uh, we were getting ready to study the Civil War and of course the involvement of slavery and all this, and so the, we only had about a handful of, of black students at Hillsborough at the time. And uh, so I wanted to include that history, and I knew there had been a large number at one time that lived in the neighborhood. It kind of dwindled down. There wasn't but two or three black families in the Hillsborough area. And so I had them, the kids go out during the, the Christmas break, and I said, you know, talk to the oldest people in your family and, and see who they remember, and come back, and of course, Dick Porter was the name that kept popping up, and and over the years, that was you know it's been 40 years ago now, and uh, I think my work and research in in that individual has probably been my greatest uh, joy and and success because uh, I've carried the his banner across the state. Uh, he's probably recognized as one of the most uh, important craftsmen of that. Uh, pre-war and after the Civil War individual, and I just keep finding new stuff all the time. I, I, I made a lecture, gave a lecture back in, in Knoxville back in the summer. Mesda from uh, Winston-Salem had a symposium in Knoxville, and they invited me to come and talk about Dick Pointer, and uh, I've, feedback got back that was the best talk of the, the day because I brought actual chairs and let people, you know, See. feel them and, 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 and get the fine point of what, what a great craftsman this guy was. And, of course, he's a, a Williamson County guy, and he's a, a legend. And today, I mean, I know that you can go down to Five Points at the archives, the museum, and almost on any given day mm -hmm. see you um, digging in manuals and manuscripts and books and microfish, you name it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's, you forgot more about the history of this county than I will ever know. But there's still that love in you. Well, it's a great, and we're so fortunate, to, you know, the legacy that Louise left the county by pulling that material together, because I it just so happened I, I dropped out of the classroom in 95, I mean in 93, and that was about the time we started mm -hmm. moving uh, the things to the old uh, post office and I, I took time, I was had time and I helped involve that and in that moving and clicking that material, we found things that, you know, 
didn't know existed, and it was just a treasure. Our county is so fortunate to have not only the material, but now we have it organized in such a way that you can go put your hands on it, and you know people come from all across the country and are amazed that they're able to touch a document or see a document that their you know ancestor had written if it was a will or uh, a deed, and it's. Um, we're just, I'm just so fortunate. I wake up every day thinking, man, we're really blessed to be in a county like Williamson. And to me, it's the finest county in the state. And we've got the greatest, uh, some awful lot of nice people out there. Well, and when you think about the influence that Louise Lynch had, uh, uh, I know you were there in those early days, but uh, we often have said that she birthed um, <laughs> that facility. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a passion for her. and. And then just to think we have a backup like uh, Miss Bowman, who is, you know, she's going to, she has really forgotten more than I'll ever know. But uh, in the past, we've had uh, from all these different communities, when, if I want to know anything about Flat Creek, you know, you go to Ennis Wallace. Sure. And if you want to know anything about Grassland, you went to Miss Lulafane Major and or Ann Moran. And, and unfortunately, those people are in their twilight years now. And, uh, if you don't catch it, uh, it's going to be gone. And it's interesting you say that, kind of jumping around a little bit. We had Mr. Wallace on the show here a couple of months back, and we were talking about some of the Flat, Flat Creek days. And, and I was in one of the local grocery stores uh, a month or so later. Someone had seen it, and they said they never heard. And they were new here. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, uh, I say 10 years. I'm not sure that's new anymore. But... Uh, <laughs> They, they weren't familiar with the ice cream supper of Flat Creek. Oh, it's, a, it's the oldest tradition, I guess, in the, in the, in the county. And he yeah. made that statement. Yeah. And uh, she wanted to know specifically where Flat Creek was and how do you get out there and when is this social? So I know not only do people watch it, enjoy it, and hear comments. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, let's go back to Rick Warwick. What kind of, I mean, we see a lot of changes here. Uh, we're in a community that's the fastest growing county in the state of Tennessee. But yet on the county side, the unincorporated side, <clears throat> in a 10-year window, it just didn't grow 100 people. Yeah. The growth is occurring in our cities, and it's a real challenge <clears throat> not to not to do, the, I mean, it is, I don't mean to downplay what you do, the, the historical side doing the research, but it's a real challenge to, to cre help create jobs, governments don't create jobs, they're a facilitator, they're a conduit. Mm -hmm. And I've said that over and over and over. But all of Cool Springs is a business district that used to be a strawberry field That's and right. a cornfield. That's right, a dairy farm. A yeah. dairy farm. Uh, we can go just a stone's throw from here in a little place called West Haven that may be the most successful urban community that's been put together uh, in across the state of Tennessee. Uh, the, the, the values have continually held up over the last five and six years and people continually want to move there uh, for, for that way of life. But as you as you go to 30 and 40,000 feet and you look down, the role that you're playing is not just putting a marker on at Leaper's Fork that for a long time was Hillsboro. Mm -hmm. And many of us still oftentimes make that foopah of calling it Hillsboro. Well, it's still Hillsboro to, to a lot of us because that was, you know, you've got the school there, there's the churches there uh, that have that name. And um, it goes back early. I mean, it predates Leaper's Fork. 
how do we keep and it's not that's not really your role but but to keep that balance in history and 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 what a what a it's almost an, an infectious appetite mm. of keeping our communities leapers fork and hillsborough and college grove and mm -hmm. flat creek you all do your thing in franklin yeah. is almost what they'll say mm -hmm. but we want our identity too mm -hmm. and and so men such as yourself and, and women such as Virginia Bowman spent a great deal of time of putting plaques and banners mm -hmm. and, and uh, uh, the memorials that mm -hmm. you see out there to constantly remind us of who we are and where we came from. To add a little depth to that, uh, in uh, Roger Ring asked Judy Hayes and I to, during the bicentennial... Robert Ring. I mean Robert Ring. That's okay. That's Robert a, that's Ring a compliment to him. It, it hurts. <laughs> Hurts uh, him from my name first. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and that was a long period because we were getting ready for the state bicentennial, mm -hmm. which was in 96. And so we started before that. Judy and I uh, really looked over the county. We, we selected, we wanted to be sure that the county was well represented. So we really included all the communities. And, uh, and one of the things that uh, in this little brainstorming sessions that we had uh, was we wanted to be sure that we got every community to have a written history. You know, they had started that back during the Lamar Alexander period when they, you know, were doing these little homecoming right. things and, and Flat Creek got on it very early. Nolansville did it and uh, and Burwood, I think, got it. So as we that was one of the things. And then another thing that the Historic Society started back, I think it was probably about 71 or 2 when they put the historical marker at the old courthouse. Uh, mm -hmm. That was, I think, the first one. And I remember they were trying to raise money. And back then, I think it was $300 or something. And they were, you know, dues were 25 cents, I think. But anyways, we, we, uh, we realized and we got the backing of the com committee is let's go out and see how many sites need a marker that they need to be recognized and I think that's probably one of the greatest uh, accomplishments of that whole bicentennial period because it really went on up into 2000 sure. because the county was uh, 99 and uh, I think and I get I get a real um, kick and reward every time I'm driving down the highway and I see a car pulled off or someone standing around reading a marker and we are probably one of the most marked counties in the state. You mentioned a minute ago a lady that was influential, influential in your life, that kind of um, someone that you personally have identified and recognized as had a bearing on your, your, your mm -hmm. place in life now. And again, I have to ask the question, and uh, since this isn't rehearsed, you. I'll, I'll let you kind of kick, kick it around a little bit, but has there been one particular event or project that you've done that just really sticks out in your mind? Mm -hmm. um, I know you talk about the markers and the signs, but uh, there's, I mean, your name is just on everything. Well, um, probably if, if when I'm gone, people are going to look back and say, well, what kind of mark did I leave or a legacy? And I hope that we can look back and say, I, you know, I, I, I've been active in the Historic Society. And about 1984, I think it was, uh, 
Louise had been kind of the one publishing the, the, the journal that the Historic Society puts out. Now, we're a small organization. We now have about 350 members. And uh, there, you know, some we never see. Some we, we have a meeting, we have about 100 people show up. But each year we put out a <coughs> journal. And, and, and uh, since my, I took over as editor, I think in 85 or 86, because Mrs. Mary Trim Anderson had helped me the first year because Louise and some of the others said it's time for us to, you know, they'd been doing it 16 years. Time to move time, around. It was time to move around. And so uh, I think over the years, I and I have uh, <coughs> attempted to publish things that had never been published before or bring things to light again that uh, needed to be recorded. And I think um, a few years ago we did it, uh, it took four, four years to do it, but I reprinted the who's who articles that were written by Miss Jane Owen and that started you know a whole I got people interested in in their history because you know their grandfather the story was about that family and uh, I probably got have gotten more positive feedback from that project and it was a long project because we had to type those articles and I tried to find photographs of the families to kind of enhance the story and I think still yet today I have people coming in now. Some of the volumes were out of print now, but uh, in time we'll probably we'll, we'll put it online where everybody can access it. It's been in, it's been indexed, but it needs to be probably gone back and done again. But that period, because it, it went from in the 30s on up until 54, I believe, um, and it was every week the Reveal Pill on Thursdays. Everybody wanted that who Miss Jane was going to write about. Now, Miss Jane's writing is very uh, dated. She, you know, everybody was above average, and all the right. kids were the smartest and the and the best farmer and the best cook and this kind of thing. But overlooking that, she gives you insight and facts about the family that even the families today don't know. Well, and that's kind of what we see on this show, that when we broadcast this show, they want to know more about mm -hmm. the Virginia Bowens, the, mm -hmm. the late deceased uh, Mr. Ed Moody. Yeah. And uh, certainly uh, your, your name has now been added to that list. <laughs> well. And uh, you have brought so much of the, 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 the past history, but, but that next generation too, we need those 20 and 30 year old um, young minds that uh, mm -hmm. have a great flavor and a history uh, side that want to be sure mm -hmm. that we get that in print, that we keep that going. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, when when Lane and I joined the Historic Society, we were the youngest couple in 74, and most of them were, well, about all, there's not many original ones still living. They, they're all passed on because they were in their 70s and 80s and 90s. But uh, I did meet, got to know a lot of those people and really appreciate uh, the, the little time I had to spend with them. Uh, and, and so I, I'm, I'm constantly recruiting new folks, and uh, there, there are some young, young minds in the county that are, I mean, Chad Gray comes to mind right off that uh, uh, he, uh, he's one I can count on to if I need an article or some research done that I don't have time to do, he's willing to take it on. He has substituted for me in giving talks when I can't make it. Uh, and there's others in the county that, that are out there, and, but we need to do more of it because, uh, but I'm finding it's the new folks moving in that seem to have a greater interest in their community than the people who have lived here yeah. all their life. Have well, you found that? I have found that, and of course you and I are transplants. We'll <laughs> That's never a, be 100% yeah. uh, no, Williamson County. You can't be, uh, Elaine was born down to Dr. Pyle's 
hospital, but uh, uh, I'm, I was born at St. Mary's in Knoxville. I was born in, uh, in uh, Oak Ridge over at Anderson County. But, but to answer your question, I think it's kind of like if you and I went back to our high school class reunion, that I have found we used to have them every five years. Now this gray hair and the class was very small tells you that it's been a long time ago and so mm -hmm. there's not as many of them around anymore. But I find when those class reunions are there that more times than not the locals that are still there the won't come. Won't come. <laughs> it's the folks that come from out yeah. that are dying to meet the, other. their, the others. I experienced the same thing. And it's probably that way in this county that the folks that you know the Lynches and the and the, and the many other families that have were born and raised here. Uh, they know the history and they see their families and they see their aunts and uncles on the Sunday yeah. afternoon or still see them at church or in the the local community. It's us that move in here that we're, we're it's almost like a sponge. We want to know more mm -hmm. about this community because it is home. This is where we're raising our families, and more than likely, this is where mm -hmm. we will be buried. Only got a couple of minutes left. Time goes fast. Sure. But I have to ask you, um, what's on the horizon for Rick Warwick, and how does uh, and, and and how do people get in contact with you? Well, if you, usually on the streets of Franklin, either at the archives or over at the post office at the Heritage Foundation office is where my they they let me have a hallway there, <laughs> as you can see. It's, uh, but uh, I hope to continue on. I'll be. A couple of weeks, I'll be 66, and uh, I hope I've got a few more years left. But you know, if I don't, I'm content. You've got, uh, I, I've got to ask you this you've got a great affiliation um, for the, not just the history side, but the, the preservation mm -hmm. side, too. Well, there's a lot to preserve. We've lost a lot, but yet in comparison to other counties, we've still, we, we've saved a lot. In a few years, 50, recently an article came out in the year 2040 that there will be one million more people in Middle Tennessee than they are today. And the MSA, Metropolitan Area, one million more people. The challenge will be for all of us is to preserve what we've got, but at the same time, help to create those jobs in that next generation so that our families can come back here. And it is yeah. a tough balancing act. How do we do it? Well, you know, we, we made a pretty good start in a way. You think back, we have preserved uh, some open spaces, probably not enough, but, you know, I think the, uh, the land trust and some of the efforts on kindly uh, fostering appreciation for the open space, the Farms were no longer a farm. You know, when I came, we were still yeah, a farming community in 1970. Today, there's probably not but one or two full-time farmers left in the in the county, and uh, we we need to try to protect that the best we can. But uh, you know, I, I think uh, traffic and uh, air quality and water quality has got to be something we've got to watch because it's going to get where. You can't get from one side of the county to the other in 30 minutes anymore. <laughs> Rick, have to go. Oh, I enjoyed it. Never, never enough time to talk to people like you. Maybe we'll come back and let's do another session and zero in on some specific. Anytime, ones. buddy. Thank you very much. 
I'm Rogers Anderson, Williams County Mayor. Today we've had Rick Ward, one of our treasures in our county. Have a good day.